This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Welcome, friends, to the inaugural session of the Joshua Project Podcast. We are so excited that you've decided to join us. You might find yourself asking, what the heck is the Joshua Project anyways? And we'll reveal more about that as this podcast goes on. But back in 2006, a great friend of mine, Adam Stapmiller, started the Joshua Project as, for lack of better terms, a discipleship class. It's a spiritually based adventure into a man's true authentic calling and inheritance in Christ Jesus. And what our intention is out of this podcast is that you would find some hope and encouragement throughout your week. And quite honestly, I would hope that you find yourself challenged. Challenged to become a better man, a better husband, or father, or perhaps even a friend. But most importantly, that you would become a better man of God. So one of the things that we look forward to with this podcast is for you guys to call in. We're just a bunch of ragamuffin regular dudes putting together a podcast, so have some grace with us. But we would like to hear topics that you would like to hear discussed. And also, we want to hear your prayer request. You'll hear it said over and over again during this podcast that prayer is your secret sauce. So feel free to call in, guys. The phone number is 567-482-0107. That's actually Joshua 1 verse 7, which has become a battle cry of the Joshua Project. To be strong and courageous men of God. Well, I couldn't think of a better way to start this first podcast than with a better understanding of God's unconditional love for you. For some of us, that might be hard to get past because of our past experiences with our earthly fathers or with the church. But when we get past knowing and we start believing in that love, our lives will be changed. So friends, I'm going to ask that we just slow down a little bit and develop a deeper awareness of this truth. So Abba Father, we welcome you into this journey. This journey is all about you and your kingdom and shall it reign on earth. God, let us be conduits of bringing heaven to earth and what a better way to accomplish that through an understanding and a belief in your love for us. Let's take a look at the words of 1 John chapter 3. 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I love that word lavished. If you dissect that word, it actually means a super abundance, a generous, plentiful supply. You see, God's love can never run out. You can never exhaust the resource of God's love. You know, I look at the words in Matthew 7. It says that if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? That's a hard thing for a lot of us to understand because that is simply not the relationship that we have with our earthly fathers. Yet this is what God is telling us. I love how in Luke it actually says, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Friends, that's a very important part of this aspect of God's love. This is not something that can be accomplished on our own good deeds and our own goodwill. We need a helper, and God gives us that helper in the Holy Spirit. Listen to the words of David Benner, the Canadian psychologist. Genuine transformation requires vulnerability. It is not the fact of being loved unconditionally that is life-changing. It is the risky experience of allowing myself to be loved unconditionally. You will start allowing yourself to believe that God loves you when you dive into His Word. You see, my earthly father was a good dad, but he had a very he had a very conditional type of love. And so if you did what he expected of you, you might experience some love and affection from him. So I'll be honest with you, I don't really know how to let somebody love me that way. But what God is saying is it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what you've done an hour ago. Because God's grace is sufficient for you. God's love for us is incomprehensible. God is saying there is nothing that you can do to make me love you less. So we need to start bridging that gap between our mind and our heart. In our mind, we store the things that we think we hear. But when they get down into the wells of our heart, that's when we start believing what we hear. I heard an interesting story on the radio this week. I believe it was Greg Laurie that was telling the story of a politician So imagine a procession line and 
he's there to shake hands with all the supporters and all the donors and he's walking down the line shaking hands thank you thank you and they're giving him praise for an amazing job that he's doing and quite honestly the politicians getting kind of bored with this and he's he's not sure if anybody's even listening so he sneaks in a I murdered my grandmother last night. And everybody keeps on praising him and telling him what a great job he's doing until he gets to the end of the line. Finally, there's an older man listening and paying attention. And he replies back to the politician, she probably deserved it. You see, we only hear what we want to perceive. Rarely does anything sink down into our heart and change us. And unfortunately, this happens a lot at church on Sunday. We hear a great sermon from a great pastor. We pay attention. We might even be taking notes. And it simply becomes great head knowledge. Because it never reaches the point of transformation to a point of becoming radical for God's kingdom. All we have to do is pay attention to what the millennials are saying, the 18 to 20 something crowd. They're leaving the church and the, one of the reasons that they're giving is that you don't love the way you say you do. Sure, we give him this come-as-you-are invitation. But when we are confronted with their tattoos and their piercings and their fashion sense, we don't really know what to do with all that. They're feeling this conditional love and it should never be experienced at church. I mean, come on. We're telling them stories about Jesus hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and and drunkards even to the point where he himself was accused of being a drunkard i guess i could say this is that when jesus comes back i hope that's where he finds me and if you come looking for me friends i hope that's where you find me because you see when we invite them to our small groups and they use a curse word or perhaps question the theology that we're teaching, the church really doesn't have an answer for that. But what we see Jesus modeling for us, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And the first is this, to love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love. We need to start erasing these theological God boxes that we put him into and that we live in ourselves. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick, and I just want to confess that I'm dirty, and I'm messed up, and I'm broken, and I need to believe in this unconditional love. 
There is so much freedom that I've experienced since realizing how much God loves us. There's so much freedom that comes from being rooted and established in love. We start to see things differently. That annoying person in the office cubicle or that vulgar guy on the construction site. The homeless person we see every day with his head in his hands. We start to see those people differently when we realize God's love. When we have a deeper awareness of God's unconditional love for us, it changes the dynamics in our family. It changes the atmosphere in our neighborhoods and the culture in our churches as there truly is a come-as-you-are atmosphere. So friends, may we go from knowing to believing in the deepest wells of our heart that God loves us that much. And let me just encourage you, if there is any unbelief Would you pour into that? Don't run away from it. Embrace it. Would you sit down with a friend or have lunch with a pastor and wrestle with this? You know, the church might be scared, but God welcomes your unbelief. My friend, God calls you his beloved, his beloved child. So let's walk in this truth. Let's walk in this new reality and experience this new freedom that comes from believing in God's unconditional love. This week, would you take some time to center yourself in God's love, to just be present with God? I couldn't think of a better way to end this first podcast than with the prayer that I see in Ephesians chapter 3. And so I pray this for you, my brothers. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Until next time, friends, I love you. Now go love others the way that God loves you. Peace.